I love that intro. Happy, happy, happy Wednesday to you all, wherever you are on this phenomenal planet. Yes, this planet is still phenomenal. Make sure you say hi, say hello. Oh, let me just add some light here. There we go. Woo! Make sure you say hi and say hi, say hello, drop a comment down below. Press one lets me know you're here. Press two lets me know you shared it. Today we are streaming episode 162. Let me find that somewhere in my show notes. Episode 162. Turn that reminder on here. And um, I'm excited about today's topic. Of course, you all have been texting me about did I know? Did you know? Did you know about this? This uh, down payment program? The good news is I did know. In fact, I had discussed it a month ago before it was released. So now we can talk about the nitty gritty, the details of the loan. Of course, I have to do sound check always. Make sure you say uh, press one, lets me know you're here, let me know you shared it, press two. Of course, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. My name's Lisa Gillette, Gillette. If you're from our home country or native country, it's it's Gillette, Lisa Gillette, without the E, but I'm still razor sharp. Also known as Super Agent, I am a broker owner of Devenio Estates, uh, which is our real estate brokerage here in Southern California. Of course, do know, oh, let me hit that button. Of course, do know that uh, my brokerage and this show are independent of each other. Common denominator, me, of course. And I am a pricing strategy advisor certified in both foreclosure and short sales. And we're amping up more in probates. I'm enjoying probates. I said that last time because I get to work with the families at a very critical time in their lives. And I also get to pay respect and honor the decedents. So my client, in fact, is the estate or the trust or the, I would say the trustor or the grantor is the original client and I'm assisting the administrators and executors and successor trustees in carrying out the uh, wishes or maybe not if there's no will and they've passed away in testate, we're assisting and honoring uh, the decedent's estate in that process. So enjoying all of that. What about you? Are you writing your real estate goals? Are you writing these goals down? You should be writing these goals down. It is second quarter. You've heard me say this during first quarter. Write down your goals. It's not too late. Um, I forgot to do sound check, hold on. It's not too late, so make sure you write down your goals. Forgive me, gosh. With this replay over. What's happening? Okay, good. Oh, phone on mute. There we go. <laughs> phone on mute. Uh, today we are going to make it short, sweet, and simple. I welcome your feedback, of course. Make sure you hashtag replay lets me know that you're tuning in after we've ended the a live show. Of course, we replay on radio podcasts everywhere. So make sure if you found value in the show, 
please connect, build, and share on our radio podcast platform, on your favorite radio podcast platform, available everywhere. Keyword, Ready, Set, Real Estate. Or you can put in uh, LA Super Agent or Ready, Set, Real Estate. You've got options. You've got options. I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Uh, I'm going through my show notes, of course. Topic suggestions. I welcome, thank you all who are sending me topic suggestions, albeit you DM me, you text me, send me an email and say, talk about this, or I want to learn more about this. That helps me. Of course, I come up with uh, fresh topics. Rarely am I kind of revisiting topics unless I need to harp on it. Like I'm going to harp on estate planning topics. I'm going to harp on trust and uh, probate topics. I'm going to harp on uh, just market updates, of course. And when we talk about last week was so much fun and I got so much (laughs) great feedback that how candid I would say, or how real, how real it was. And if you didn't realize that Ready, Set, Real Estate is the raw and uncut side of real estate, I will talk about the flips, flops, booms and busts and the ugly side of the business. Uh, This is not your HGTV version of how glitz and glam and shiny and colorful real estate can be all the time. No, (laughs) no. In fact, um, sometimes it gets serious. I remember two weeks ago, I was walking into a property and I felt like my life was at risk. I felt threatened as I was walking a property and consulting with a client. And when you step into this environment of real estate and someone has to discuss selling or the possibility of selling, you are messing with the lion's den in some cases. And so you have tenants and occupants that are not going to be cooperative. Some people might want to hurt you. And that was uh, my scenario. I felt like this person was going to, uh, hurt me or assault me or attack me. I was pre- I was prepared, right? So I'm thinking quickly, what am I going to do? Where are my exits? But see, you know, people aren't really talking about that. You know, this is remember the version of uh, cops, you know, that's essentially what we sometimes have to run up and do. No one tells you all that stuff. Uh, when I look on the MLS, which is the multiple listing service, which is the what the real estate community or realtor community uses, Uh, What I notice right now, there's a lot more private remarks, and that's to the agent community, to give us an alert and heads up that, hey, the occupants slash tenants are not cooperative. Hard to show, not cooperative, do not disturb, drive by only, right? And then you wonder why houses are sitting on the market for days at a time in a seller's market. We are still in the seller's market, of course, with respect to hyper markets and local markets that are kind of are still in their boom. But you may be questioning, well, what's going on with that house? Well, uh, it's pretty rough. It's not the, you know, shiny, easy, glitz and glammy part of the business. So that's why. All right, with that, I say we're going to jump into today's episode. Of course, we're at 162. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, we will be talking about first time home buyer program, California. This is California specific, California specific. California's first time home buyer program with their zero interest down payment. Um, or also, let me use this in a caption as well 
also um, borrow up to 10% of the purchase price, right? That's one. Also called the forgivable, I have my show notes, for, oh, I have to upload it. Forgivable Equity Builder Loan. How do you feel about this name? Forgivable Equity, <laughs> Forgivable Equity Builder Loan. Of course, I'm going to talk about the real of this um, because some of you may feel like, well, I've got, you know, money saved up. Maybe I won't have to use my money and I can use their money. Uh, June says, I like forgivable. All right, cool. You like that. It's called the forgivable equity builder loan. So what are they telling us? They are telling us they're trying to help you build equity. What are they telling you? They are telling you that it is a loan, right? And then, like June said, what are they saying importantly? It is a forgivable loan. Okay. Meanwhile, we marinate and chew on that. I want to, of course, make sure we shout out our sponsor. Our sponsors are in the building. Today's episode is sponsored by Omnis Property Solutions. And please make sure you reach out to them for all your property preservation needs, especially as we see more of this come up. So we'll be right back after this show. Uh, excuse me, after this sponsor break. Be right back. Do you have properties that need to be maintained? For professional services that guarantee your property will stay safe and secure, Omnis Property is the team you want by your side. As a company, we pride ourselves on our best-in-class professionals, equipped with the latest technology for all your end-to-end -end property preservation needs. That means that from start to finish, our expert team can handle everything from accurate assessments to preservation projects of all sizes. Save money and time by working with leading experts that understand your needs and are committed to premier service. Get started today by contacting us for your project estimate. Visit www.omnispreservation.com or call 310-957-9132. Thank you for our today's sponsor, making our show uh, possible. Be sure to connect with them at omnispreservation.com, omnispreservation.com. You'll probably need to use more uh, preservation companies or those who handle like lockouts, cleanouts to help deliver those property vacants, especially as we phase in. So FYI, if you're in California, we're still in our phases. In fact, beginning June 1st, we are going to be in the second phase of what they are calling uh, phasing us out of the moratorium, which means beginning June 2022, that's in the next uh, less than 30 days away, you will now be able to uh, evict occupants for owner occupancy. I'm not clapping because I have to evict an, uh, a tenant. I'm clapping because now we can get more of that inventory uh, back to owner-occupant buyers. Uh, 
people, investors were, are making a killing buying those properties at a discounted rate to take on the challenges of dealing with tenant-occupied properties during a moratorium. So the good news is beginning June, we will now, the next exemption class, uh, in order to evict someone for a no-fault action, no-fault action eviction, uh, means that you can now say, I am purchasing this property, my client is purchasing this property to occupy by which we can now give that tenant their notice to relocate. All right. So I am pleased that we are making these steps and efforts. We've got a long way to go because the moratorium is essentially still into play uh, until next year and really 2024. Holla at me if you need more details about that. Okay, uh, we are covering, uh, hold on. <laughs> we are covering, here he is. We are covering first time home buyer programs and the 0% interest down payment. You all also may know it as the borrowing up to 10% down. All right, so if you want to learn more about this and you need direct resources and information, the California Housing Finance Agency is directing you to consult with a preferred mortgage lender, mortgage broker or mortgage lender that is qualified and eligible to work with Cal HAFA is how we say it. So California uh, Housing Finance Agency. Their information, uh, there's the link here. I can drop it in the chat below so you have it. Or of course you can, um, if you need a referral to a qualified lender, you can send me an email or drop me a message, right? So drop me a line, 323-488-3265. I'll give you that information before the show ends as well. Let's talk about this. So in order to be eligible, let's, let's talk about just kind of in scope of this big plan. What are we noticing in, in the markets? We've watched appreciations by double digits and it just, it just has gotten really wild out here. <laughs> it's the wild, wild west. Really, pun intended, considering we're in California. It's the wild, wild west. But this is a junior loan. So let's understand that, folks. A junior loan that you can borrow up to 10% of the purchase price. I put a note here, it's asterisk, right? It's, 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 it's marked with an asterisk, asterisk, <laughs> it's marked with an asterisk. Uh, and it's, it can be split for down payments and closing costs. Oh my gosh, how dare you let me, pause, time out. How, let, how dare you let me go into this without giving you my disclaimer? Of course, for those of you who are new to me and are listening, of course, uh, please do not consider this legal or tax advice. Please consult those respective reputable licensed professionals. And more additionally, I am talking about loans. I am not a licensed lender. Please reach out to those licensed lenders that are qualified and eligible. I can refer you. I'm a licensed broker professional. And that's my spiel. Okay, moving on. So you can, it can be used for down payment and closing costs. So you can split it, right? You can split it 
you can use up to the 10% of the purchase price, uh, three and a half down or 4% down, and then, you know, 2% or 3% towards closing. Now, uh, they do have a fee. I imagine, of course, to access this money, there is an origination charge, a loan fee. Uh, my colleagues have uh, expressed to me that that loan fee would be, what, one and a half? June says, can the bar get a regular first loan, meaning does the first loan have to be Cal Halfa 2? Great question. What I understand is this, um, you are not combining the Cal Halfa program. So Cal Halfa also has another program that they've been subsidizing. Same thing here, right? They're sub subsidizing the loan and charging you an interest. And you can use that. So Cal Halfa still has that program well in life. What I've, what's been expressed and detailed to me is that you cannot combine the Cal Halfa loan programs. Okay, so you want to meet the same FHA slash conventional program loan underwriting guidelines in order to access these funds. However, as we move on to the seg next segment of this slot or this portion right here, notice it says, and there is an income restriction. And in our business, we refer to it LMI, low to medium, median income low to median income and it is county based county based so it is re, it allows borrowers who are earning less than 80 percent of the area median income in fact i actually wanted to drop the website so you can confirm well, how much money does that mean? Because they have a nice cheat sheet, but it's really a guideline that you can use to determine whether you or slash, of course, lender, uh, experienced lenders, you know to click that link, punch in the property address, and, in, and it will tell you what the median income is for that property location or area. Uh, what I've done in our just for notes and example purposes, because what I really want to do is hone in on whom is this an ideal product for? Because all of you are like, woohoo, wonderful move from California. But now that we're talking about capping on income, that now knocks out a good portion of you who are also working with me as well actively looking, have been on the sidelines, and you've texted me about it, and you've asked me. So let's continue. Let's continue learning. So for a lot of my clients, if you're tuning in, and you've received my message as well, likely you are not going to qualify because if you are looking, actively looking and submitting an offer, that means you don't qualify for this program uh, because the median price now in the areas that I work now is 725,000 for a three bedroom. Some pocket pockets we are now upwards. The average price now is a million, is 1.1 million. So this is not you per se. This is not you as a demographic target for this program. Got it? Fair enough. Nod your head. 
say yes, this is the part you might sign off and say, oh, okay, I thought you were going to tell me that I could <laughs> leverage, use OPM, other people's money, so that I can build, you know, my equity or my future. Not so much, all right? Not for you. Who Who is this for? Well, in L.A. County, county, I'm, and this is example purposes, L.A. County, that means this is for people who earn $68,880. $68,880. is one of my favorite numbers, and I'm having a challenge even saying it right now. Blah, 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 blah. I'm so tongue-tied with that. So just under 69000 you would earn. Now, June is a lender here. June... What would that get someone number-wise? Because even though you will get to borrow a 10%, you still have to qualify for the mortgage. And the mortgage is based on your income. So now that we found that your income is 68,000, okay, great. You can now have access to this. But now you've got to qualify for the mortgage. So some rough numbers, 68,000 June. Would you run some numbers? I don't I mean, if it's something you've been quoting for some time, I have a number in my head. I'll just give you some time to chime in. As we're exploring the reality of the forgivable equity builder loan. Who's eligible? What are the numbers? Who can apply? Where do I apply? So we've got it. It's a junior loan. I like it. I love me some June. June says, hold on, I'll get you some numbers. So let's do the math together. By the way, I would imagine um, if you are still on the fence about what's happening in the market, I encourage you to hang in there, right? Because uh, rates are up. I had a great conversation with one of our lender partners this morning. Um, and uh, rates are at par, 5.7, I imagine. Ooh, June, when you run those numbers, please let us know what the rates are. What rate are you quoting? <laughs> and so you run the numbers and you say, okay, you can get the 10%. You've got to qualify. And again, it says up to 10%. So you've got to qualify in an extreme example where you're using all that money, 3% on the back end for the closing costs, and then that means you're putting 7% down. You've got to qualify for 90%. So our LTV is 90-10, a loan of value, and you are earning less than 69000 in L.A. County, Santa Clara County is 112,000 is the area of median income at 80%. Um, again, county-based. This is California. Um, so this is going to be very specific to a targeted demographic. And in discussion, it is supposed to be something meant to help home buyers. It is to meant to help bring you into the market and arena so that you are competitive. But I'm going to point out in our next sex segment or discussion after this, 
this one. I'm going to point out the reality of it. It's one thing to do this program in theory and say that we have millions of dollars available, millions of dollars available for funding. But in theory, that sounds great. In practice or reality, what does that look like? So, drum roll. June says the LA County medium income should be raised to 112,000 also. She says, just my two cents. I agree, but that's not the case, right? Um, that's absurd, right? That these limits have not caught up and they're not in pace with the people that are actually purchasing. And these are your working class folks. I mean, I'm working with nurses, I'm working with mechanics. Um, I have teachers combining incomes. Come on, come on here, we're hurting. So this is a, <laughs> this is a nice step, but I feel there needs to be, like June says, there needs to be a more aggressive approach to increasing access because the people that are stepping in are the ones that are using their pensions. You know, I'm looking at people's 401ks, their 403bs. You know, they've got a savings and they're like, okay, well, if I have to, I don't want to, I'll tap into my pension. Come on. Is this what we're doing? This is what we're subjecting people to do so that they can too participate in the American dream? I think that should be something across the board. Like everyone, this is, this is, you know, we're all feeling it. Not to say, you know, that not, not, and, and, and to add insult to injury is the taxes, right? We're hit on property taxes. We're hit on state taxes. We're hit on income taxes. It's not California. It's not looking pretty. This is not really looking pretty right now. All right. Um, and then in order to be forgiven, right? Because we're talking about forgivable. In order for it to be forgiven, the home buyer must stay in the home for five years. So for those of you who have called me and you have different exit strategies on these loans that you're getting, you're saying to me, I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna live it in one year, because that's what a good group of you are doing. In fact, a lot of you who went and bought out of areas and worked from home, but now you have to go to work at least three times a week, now have to commute, and your commute is now close to two hours one way um, it's not so exciting anymore to have been a homeowner out of area because now it's costing you wear and tear in the car and the vehicle. And now you've got, of course, adjust, albeit hybrid, electric car, all these other things that you now have to make adjustments for. But to that, I'm saying I expect, and this is my crystal ball moment, crystal ball moment, I am foreseeing a group of those people that have bought out of area now having to sell because you have buyer's remorse, you bought for um, vanity reasons. And when I say vanity, I feel like social media contributed to this vanity metrics of people wanting to be a part of this, of this craziness. 
right? People wanting to be a part of this craziness. Let me see if I still have that video. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, do I still have the video? <sighs> Somewhere in here. Anyway, I'll keep it going. But I, that's my crystal ball moment. I do foresee that that happening. And so why I bring that up? Well, because if you are an individual that is utilizing a program that has a, a criteria that you have to live in the house for X amount of time and you don't fulfill that, now it costs you more when you have to downsize or sell or do something. So you can almost wipe out a good portion of any equity that you would have earned. Let's use the word, play on word, build over that time. I'll recap that again. I'll say that again. Let's talk about, does this level the playing field? Pros. The pros is there's 88 million million dollars available for funding new purchase contracts in California. You certainly can tell I have a good time, right? I have a good time. 88 million dollars. Isn't that funny? The eight is so is everywhere right now. Look at this. 68,880 and then they said they have 88 million dollars available for funding. That's so funny, eight being my favorite number. My husband would totally get it, right? <laughs> you get it, right? Uh, the other thing I would consider pro is it does limit the buyer pool to low income borrowers. So we can allow those folks to transition into homeownership. And then it, so, and right, so they're trying to shift a pool of buyers to more affordable areas. So not discouraging them from purchasing, but the reality of you're going to have to purchase in an area that your pocket takes you. All right, June's got some notes for us. Let's go back to this. I'm, I'm gonna bring this slide back up here. She says the sales price with 10% down at income of 5,740 a month is right about 400,000. So the payment with a rate of 525 would be approximate 2552. So 5740 does not equal 68,000, correct? <laughs> What's your annual income? Annual income of 5740. Oh, okay. All right. 5740. 5740 is 68880. Exactly. Very good. So now you're at 400,000. LA County. Let's recap what I just said. Median price is 725,000 for a three bedroom and 640,000 according to my last sale uh, two and a half weeks ago. 65th and Western, excuse me, 66th and Western. That's in the heart of LA. That's in the heart of South LA. Um, we closed a two bedroom, one bath, less than 1,000 square feet with no garage for 640,000. So if you're a family earning 68,880, which comes out to 5,740 for the month, you would qualify for a house of 400,000 in LA County. That means you should not feel like purchasing in the city of LA 
LA Basin is what we refer some of the hot pockets and hot spots people are trying to get into. I'm not going to be the one to say, yes, it's possible for you to get a house in four, for 400000 in those areas. My investors can't even purchase it for 400000 In fact, I have another one on the market for 428000 and that needs some work. And my investors are offering me upwards of 560000 to tear it down and build on it. I'm giving you perspective here. So we're you're about a hundred to two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars off from where people want to be. So that means you've got to go out of area. Guess what? In LA County. So and it's interesting because I, I have properties, I mean I've seen properties, I have alerts out on um because Lancaster Palmdale is another market that I work in. And I, I've done, I've had to do that. And June would understand this. Uh, most professionals would understand this. Um, you would have to do that. Or I've had to do that because my four hundred thousand dollar qualified buyer can't buy local. And so the conversation I'm having is, if you're willing to drive seventy five to eighty five minutes one way then we can work with you. We can find you something. But the psyche of the buyer and the borrower who is eligible for this program has to be adjusted. Now, this is why I want to address this. Thank you so much, June. Um, lunch is on me, so make sure you uh, text me or email me. I'll send you a cash app or PayPal, okay? Um, and I have the Ready, Set Real Estate gift card as well. So I thank you for that. Um, definitely uh, uh, give value as you've, you've provided value to our audience. Um, or if you want, I don't know if you have one. Do you already have one of the Ready Set Real Estate uh, cups? This is 16 ounce. You let me know. Your choice of a $25 gift card or the Ready Set Real Estate cup. You let me know which one you uh, would like. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Um, so given that, we now have to talk about the psyche of the buyer and borrower who is earning this, this amount. $57.40 a month. She says, I like the cup. It's yours. All right. Uh, just sidebar with me and send me your address. We'll get that shipped out to you. So giving the, given the income here, $400,000. Let's talk about this. I talked about the pros. There's $88 million available to make this happen. It's not an impossible feat. It's a very possible one. But this requires an, an adjustment to the psyche of the borrower of what they're willing to do for home ownership. Are you willing to live out of area and build that equity? Because the conversation is intergenerational. Are you doing this for someone or something beyond yourself. You might be the first person in your family to become a homeowner. And that might have to be 75 minutes, 95 minutes out of area, which those areas are really getting competitive as well, as I'm seeing. Although I will um, express 
and disclose, I'm noticing those markets are starting to price uh, drop prices. There's a lot of quote unquote price improvements. Why? Because we're now at a time where rates are 5.75% at par with, that means you're not buying points. We're now getting back to the days of buying points. I think we're going to talk more about that next week uh, about buying points. We're getting back there. Okay, it's just going to cost you now. So with something like this at 10%, you now are able to split that money across and make it possible. Uh, but as I pointed out, and I'm harping on this because I'm, I consult many people and they get deflated about the possibility of home ownership, but it's because they want to stay where they have been renting for the last 10 to 25 years. That's not practical if you're not earning the income of upwards 112000 a year. And, and, and June was spot on. That is where my client's price points are at 112, 160, 200,000. These are the people that are out here who are, you know, experiencing challenges and getting something in this overbid. Okay, so let's talk about the cons. The cons to that, as I'm seeing with this program, it's a layered loan. So, I'm someone who is, I, I take the time to learn these programs, understand the programs, understand the timelines, so I can be well-versed when I'm presented with an offer that has such a layered loan. And so I can explain to my client, so he has the information to understand what that entails, right? Funding timelines can vary. Be flexible with it may not be a 30-day escrow. We might be looking at a 45-day escrow just to cover all the underwriting and the overlays that a program such as this will entail, could entail, right? Um, so it's then not seen or viewed as competitive as a conventional loan that's closing in 21 days and 25 days and something really aggressive as a cash offer closing in 14 or 17 days. And cash offers, FYI, also entails hard money loans or other private financing, right? And I'm saying this in terms of how it's viewed because we're talking about the psyche of the seller and the psyche of the listing agent. I can be a buyer's agent with a client that's pre-approved ready to go with this, but the seller's agent may not feel confident in a shifting market about funding, about it actually going through, because June may remember this, during uh, that economic shutdown or government shutdown, all government money was on hold. That means everything stopped. All funding put on pause. Listing agents are going to be concerned about because I, we're having this discussion now. We see it. We see the price adjustments. We see the increasing interest rates. The back on markets coming on with the disclaimers that buyer could not qualify due to rising rate. You see this? June says, I remember that. Absolutely. So it's more so the psyche of the players involved because I've said this before, down payment assistance 
is not the problem. It's not. I get it as a solution to home ownership, but it's not helping. Why does it not help? Because the industry professionals who are the gatekeepers of offer acceptance don't want to use it. They are choosing for their seller clients. You think really how many agents are like Lisa, like myself, who are actually talking and discussing about the pros and cons of how the purchase offers are structured. You're getting inundated with 20 offers, even 10 offers is a lot. Five offers is a lot. You have multiple projects, buyers and listings. Let's think about the role of the agent here because I'm now going to put that responsibility if we want to solve home ownership. The responsibility is on the listing agent to understand these programs, to understand timelines, to connect with the lender, have that discussion about if then what, if then what. That's my regular worst case scenario. What is our timeline? What are we looking at? How does this borrower measure up? What is their DTI, which is their debt to income ratio? Are we qualifying them on a very high percentage? Meaning are they one paycheck away from being broke? Meaning that if something pops up on their credit as an additional payment, do we now lose the entire loan file? How many people are taking the time to do that when you have so many things going on? Is it practical for the industry professional, the agent professional to take the time and look at your DPA offer matched against a clean, conventional offer? The client is putting her 5% as her deposit. She's got DU approval ready to go. She's been fully underwritten or there's a cash offer. You have all proof of funds or the line of credit or the letter of intent. How do you match that against the other competitors? Here's my answer to that. Incentivize the seller to, an, to accept a down payment program. Incentivize the seller to accept a down payment program offer. There's no incentive for a seller to say, I will go with your layered loan. You got a first, a second, and a silent third. You got three loans wrapped around your house, which essentially this forgivable part I can appreciate is, you know, could be, you know, this negative amort solving the negative amortization that we've seen in some of other other some of the other down payment assistance programs am i is this you know is this jiving is this hitting any is your wheel spinning about accountability here because it's not just on the buyer to make more money it's not just on the seller to try to make price adjust adjustments it's not on the federal reserve to increase interest rates to cool down the, the housing market it's to the industry professionals who are the gatekeepers oftentimes i am pretty confident that sellers actually don't see all the offers anyway truth be told they see probably the top three or the best one or guess what 
if the agent double ends it and they may not be showing all offers they only show their offer go with my client he's buying cash we'll get this closed because I've seen that I've seen pro property sell for less in instances that someone could offer more now there's a caveat to that and let me disclaim that in an instance where something sells for under market value it could be an intra-family transfer, meaning the family's to selling to the family member. I get that. Those are real scenarios. In fact, I'm in one right now. A family is selling to another family member. All parties are aware that this property is being sold be more, below market value. The important part of it is they are seeking to keep it within the family. So that's my disclaimer and sidebar on that. But for all the other scenarios, I think accountability falls on the agent professional about understanding the program and disclosing, disclosing the pros and cons to going with the program and going up against the conventional and going up against the cash offers. And from what I've seen in the data, FHA offers have not been popular this last go round. In fact, they have not, this is why they increase the FHA loan limits. They had to increase the FHA loan limits. Why? Because they weren't being, they weren't competitive enough for the pricing. But again, that's not the problem. It's not the problem. It's not part of the problem. I, sh I should rephrase it. I don't want to deal with absolutes. So with that, I say, and I share as we get to ready to wrap up any comments, questions, feedback with anything that I've shared. We've been talking about the forgivable equity builder loan. Also, for some of you hearing it on the news circulating is that you can borrow, borrow up to 10% of the purchase price that can be split and used to cover the down payment and close and closing costs. Um, it does have uh, a charge. If I'm not mistaken, it's one and a half loan, uh, one and a half points. Uh, so, yeah, there's money involved in there. The important thing that I want to say, and this is how I'm going to end this, you know, this is how I'm going to end this today. The important thing that I want to share about using any down payment program, about thinking about purchasing, you should not be purchasing a home if you don't have a savings of six months to 12 months to cover your mortgage. The lenders look for reserves of three months, meaning can you carry that cost? Can you carry the paper? Can you carry it for three months? And I remember many years ago, I had a client who did not have a savings. And she absolutely did everything she could in her power to purchase. In fact, she, after my advice, she left. I suggested to her to save more, pay down some debt. I said, I'll be here. Real estate will continue to be here. Um, we may be in a different market, but do what makes financial sense for you. And she was not happy with that. In fact, she went and found someone else that gave her exactly what she wanted. And it was a home that she could not afford. And she called me years later to say that I have not paid my HOA, my homeowners association dues 
since the month after I bought it, she defaulted on the HOA dues. She owed 17, about $17,000. The HOA was proceeding with foreclosing on her property. I will say that because I was down at the courthouse and I'm looking at the tax sales, the sheriff sales. HOAs are now moving forward on foreclosing on those HOA dues that people have defaulted on. Why? Why are they doing that? Because the, the equity is up in the property. Meaning if they force the sale, which means if there's a first on it, a loan, the first will get paid and they'll get paid. See, prior to this market boom that we're having, HOA associations were not moving forward on filing those foreclosure actions because they'd have to pay off the first. Would there be enough money left to pay the HOA association in the event that happened? But because we're in an arena that has equity right now, yes, the second uh, lien holders are filing those foreclosures. Those junior lien holders are filing the foreclosures because the properties have equity. So you can't play these games about, oh, I'm going to get in and then, you know, I'll figure it out as I go. Not in this market. That's not the temperament or attitude that you should have anyway. You need about 5% of the purchase price in savings for what I call or what we call capital expenditures in the event the roof goes out. You have plumbing issues, you have electrical issues, you may have foundation issues that you didn't know or was missed or what have you. 5% annually should be a savings that you should be working on because you're now the landlord of yourself. Call self. Hey self, my toilet just went out. I need somebody to come out and take a look at it. Okay, well, looks like we're going to have to tap into that savings account. <laughs> and repair the, 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 the line, right? The sewer line. That's the reality of it. I get it. What I do as an educator, as an advocate, I'm a real estate literacy advocate. I'm not a home ownership advocate. I'm a real estate literacy advocate. And what that means is I'm an advocate of people understanding their responsibilities, albeit you're a renter. What are your, what are your responsibilities and rights? You're a landlord owner. What are your responsibilities or rights? The more information you have, the better informed you are in making those decisions as to whether this is a good fit for you. Homeownership is something that now is dividing classism and separating people as I see it. We are seeing something tremendous right now that is dividing classes of the haves and the have nots. And I get it, California's approach to making $88 million available by way of this 10%, borrow 10% down and it's forgiven over five years or forgiven if you stay there for five years, it's forgivable. They have another program called Cal Home, War Home Rewards where it's 60 min $67 million and it's a home buyer grant program. So they just released two programs, Cal Hafa and the um, California Housing uh, Community Development have released, released these grant programs to help home ownership, but it's to build homes, right? So it's new build projects outside of the areas. They're trying to expand and use all of the desert that no one really wants to go to, but that's why we're talking about the psyche. What is the psyche? What is your psyche when it comes to real estate, home ownership, um, 
being an inheritor or heir, someone who inherits property, and you say, I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to deal with it. We've got to be forgiving of people in them deciding that they don't want to do it. We've got to be more forgiving and let people do what they're going to do. All right. I felt like I was really on my soapbox today. <laughs> June, I want to say thank you very much for your uh, support and information, just kind of helping us out, uh, providing a real perspective on this forgivable equity uh, builder loan program and giving us the numbers for those who really wanted to understand who qualifies. How much do I bring down? What's my mortgage payment going to be? So I appreciate you so much and uh, make sure you send me a message. I will uh, we'll send out uh, your very own Ready, Set, Real Estate cup. It's my favorite. Like if I could keep it with me everywhere, I will. <laughs> All right, with that I say, make sure you are, uh, if you don't have it already, because I just kind of segued into notice of defaults and um, foreclosures because we are getting to that place, people. So I want to make sure that you have the Homeowner's Guide to Success. It talks about the alternatives to foreclosure. Uh, what we do as a, as, as a team, as a brokerage, as, as a firm, we discuss homeownership retention. And the last resort is selling the property. So if we can retain the property, what can we do? How do we do it? So make sure you're getting your uh, free guide from the CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, send an email to lisa at lasuperagent.com, lisa at lasuperagent.com. You can also text me at 323-488-3265. I'm going to jump, uh, drop that in uh, so you can call, text, because I'm sure I touched on some points today that some people will want to sidebar with me about. You're more than uh, welcome to reach out to me directly, 323-488-3265. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for our radio podcast listeners. Appreciate you, love you. And with that, I say have a very powerful and productive week. We'll see you next week on another information-packed episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate.